Welcome to My American Melting Pot, the podcast for people living multicultural lives. I'm your host, Lori L. Tharps. I'm a Black woman married to a Spanish man, raising three bilingual, biracial, bicultural children. I'm also a journalist and the author of the book, Same Family, Different Colors, Confronting Colorism in America's Diverse Families. Some people call me a cultural critic or a pop culture pundit. I call myself a diversity diva. I'm really glad you're here for another Melting Pot Minute. Today's Melting Pot Minute is sponsored by the brand new My American Melting Pot store. Are you part of a family of different colors? Maybe your family was formed by adoption, or perhaps you're part of a mixed race family like mine. Then you know how frustrating it is to be out with your family and people just don't seem to understand that color does not make a family. They stare, they ask dumb questions. That's why you need a shirt that says, same family, different colors. So the message is clear without you ever having to say a word. Everyone in my family of five has one, and now you can outfit your family too, because the Same Family Different Colors t-shirt and sweatshirt comes in men's, women's, and children's sizes at the My American Melting Pot store. There are also a handful of other slogans and designs on t-shirts, sweatshirts, tote bags, and mugs for melting pot enthusiasts and diversity divas. Just go to myamericanmeltingpot.com and click on store in the header. Thank you. Hello, Melting Pot community. How are you? For today's Melting Pot Minute, I wanted to share how I'm being a Melting Pot mom during these unprecedented times brought on by the coronavirus. Yes, we're looking at social isolation, lockdown, and fear on repeat. And nothing about being a mother is easy during this time. There's no shame in my game, and I want to make it clear that if you have kids and they're home with you right now, and they're still alive, and you're still alive, and everybody still has all the hair on their heads, you are already winning, and you don't need to do anything different. I'm not trying to shame anyone. I'm not trying to make you reach for crazy new ideas. I just want to share some of the things that we're doing in our melting pot multicultural household that maybe might inspire you or give you some ideas about how to break up the monotony now that it's been over a month of being at home alone. You know I wouldn't be a diversity diva if I wasn't trying to figure out ways to bring in the color, to bring in the diverse, to bring in the multicultural, even in these dark days. I always think that if you can find ways to make things more diverse, whether you're cooking or making new friends, that it always makes things a little bit better. So these are my ideas that you can incorporate into your social distancing, self-isolating, perhaps homeschooling curriculum for you and your family. And again, let me just be clear. I am not going to ask anybody to get out their craft basket and become the multicultural Martha Stewart. Uh -uh, No way. Not trying to add that level of stress I am going for low-hanging fruit in ways that I think you can, again, simply incorporate some of these ideas into probably things you're already doing. So here are my ideas to bring some melting pot goodness into your lives right now. Number one, try learning a new language. (laughs) I know I said I wasn't going to go over the top, but when I say learn a new language, I don't mean become fluent in a new language. I mean that you and your children 
or just your children can try to learn a new language. Why not? There's a lot of great apps and tools that you can use that are free, like Duolingo. Duolingo is not a sponsor of me or my podcast, but I just really like this Apple app. It's free, it's easy to use, and there's dozens of different languages on there that you can just put the app on your phone, on a tablet, on a computer, and start your language learning just like that. It takes just moments to sign up. And again, you don't need any credit cards or anything like that. My 15-year-old son decided to teach himself Latin. My eight-year-old daughter is working on her Spanish, and she decided that she also wants to learn Chinese. So she's doing that. I don't have to participate, but what I want to, I can dial in with them and watch what they're doing, and it's a lot of fun. So again, if your children are old enough to read, then they can do the Duolingo app by themselves. Duolingo also has a couple of podcasts that go along with their app, but Duolingo is definitely not the only way you can learn a language. You can go on YouTube and find language videos. I myself, I'm learning sign language. Yep, I found a sign language video series aimed at preschoolers. I'm not embarrassed. Is it the right speed for me? I can already say, my name is Lori, and what's your name in sign language? And I just started a couple days ago. So you can also use YouTube to find some great language videos. And the last but not least, we are probably all (laughs) praying to the gods of Netflix right now for entertainment. Well, Netflix is another source to use for language learning. Did you know that anybody with Netflix can change the language settings and watch their shows in 20 different languages? You have your pick. So if your kids are watching endless cartoons, they're watching uh, Scooby-Doo on repeat, they're watching you know whatever it is they watch on Netflix, you can just go and switch over the language settings and make them watch Scooby-Doo or Sesame Street or whatever they're watching in Spanish or Portuguese or Japanese, whatever language you want them to learn or just be exposed to. Therefore, when they're going to watch eight hours of TV, which, hey, I no problem with children watching eight hours of TV during these unprecedented times, you can be really excited that they're not just watching TV, they're practicing their new language. So that's number one. Try learning a new language. And again, have fun with it. If you can say or your kid can say hello, goodbye, and the dog needs water, then you've already learned something new and you can impress your friends. And maybe one day if we can travel again, you can use these new language skills wherever you go. So that's number one, learn a new language. Number two, make cooking a multicultural experience. If you listened to our last episode, then you heard my interview with Karen Ricks, whose school, Our Kitchen Classroom, is all about playing with your food and teaching children through cooking. Well, Nobody said you have to go in the kitchen and do anything extravagant, but bringing your kids into the kitchen for a multicultural lesson can be a lot of fun, and it's tasty too. Now, I am not going to suggest that anybody go into the kitchen and try to create some sort of cultural creation that requires a lot of stress, crazy ingredients, and techniques that you've never done before. Au contraire, my friends. I'm thinking low-hanging fruit. Start with like appetizers. One of my favorites, hummus. Hummus is diverse, different for my family because it's not part of our cultural traditions. It only has like four ingredients. One of them is chickpeas. Personally, when I knew that we had to prepare for the end of the world, I bought a lot of chickpeas, people. I have cans and cans of chickpeas. Don't know exactly what to do with them. Making hummus, great idea. Simple, easy, delicious, and we can have a cultural conversation about it. My daughter can help. My sons can eat it and it's all great and it lasts for a while. So try these simple ingredient lessons that you can do with your kids. 
bring in a new cultural lesson, try looking for recipes online if you don't have diverse or multicultural cookbooks. The other thing is that a cooking lesson can be something really simple where you can diversify your meals and bring the kids into the conversation. One of the ways that I have brought new multicultural meals to the table has been with a secret, which is called simmer sauces. Yes, that's simple, simmer sauces. Last week, we had a tikka masala simmer sauce, poured that over the chickpeas. I told you I had a lot of chickpeas. And we had an Indian-based dinner. It was delicious, and all I had to do was open the jar and pour it on the chickpeas. Now, of course, I cooked it and add some onions and spices. But anyway, point being, we had an Indian-based meal, brought some interesting conversation to the dinner table. Last night, what did I make? I found a Korean simmer sauce at the grocery. It was like a spicy, garlicky Korean simmer sauce that was delicious. Poured it over some chicken, served it with rice and stir-fried cabbage. Yummity yum. But again, it brought up a whole lot of conversation at the dinner table. So make cooking a multicultural experience. Number three, you know I'm going to talk about books. Here's where I'm saying to spend a little bit of money, and that is to buy a book or two or three for your children. I am not suggesting that people are flush with cash right now, but it is possible that you might not be spending money on things you normally would, like gas, like entertainment and other ways, like new clothes even. So if you have enough extra money in your budget, you can still buy books for your children. And of course, any books that explore different cultures and ethnicities are excellent teaching tools, but they're also a lot of fun. I'm going to put some links in the show notes for different books and publishers that have some great options for kids that you might also find fun and that you'll feel good about sharing with your kids. And trust me, they're not all nonfiction books. There's great comic books and picture books and novels for our older kids that your kids could be binging on right now because they're not necessarily being forced to read for school. And if you're thinking, well, where am I going to get books right now, Lori? I'm going to tell you, yes, Amazon is no longer delivering books. They're focusing on other items, but there is a great online provider called bookshop.org that you can purchase books from that they're still delivering. And some local indie bookshops are also still in business. So if you can find a source, get those books now. If it's not too much of a financial burden, buy a few books, support bookstores, and give your kids some new content to consume. Next. As we talk about buying books through uh, retailers who can send stuff to you, what about subscribing to some fun? There are subscription boxes that are focused on celebrating diversity and multiculturalism. The mail system, thank God, is still working, and it frees you up from doing anything except purchasing the subscription box. Subscription boxes like Universal Yums or Little Passports are really aimed at young people Universal Yums, not necessarily for young people, but Universal Yums sends you a box of snacks from all over the world every month. It's a different country that they focus on each month. So might be France one month, um, and you'll get all kinds of sweet and savory snacks, plus a book about the country and an explanation of the snacks. Every month, it's a different country. And right now, any kind of treat that comes to your door, I think it's great. Little Passports is another option that sends your kids an activity box based on different activities about different countries and cultures once a month as well. And you can order those and they will come straight to your door and they are still in business right now during the coronavirus times. So again, low-hanging fruit if you have the financial ability to do that. And you might think, 
well, I don't know if I really want to do this all year round, but right now I'm desperate. Well, you can order those subscription boxes for limited times. You can order it for a quarter of the year, half the year. You can even, I think, order some boxes individually. So think about that as an option. Next, tune into podcasts. There are a lot of podcasts for kids. Podcasts are not just for grownups. And now that your kids have extra time and you need them to be distracted, try tuning into podcasts for kids, particularly some with a multicultural message, a diverse cast, interesting stories about different cultures and communities. I love this one called Molly of Denali. It's about an Alaska native girl. It's a lot of fun. My eight-year-old daughter loves it. Again, I'll put a couple of extra options in the show notes. Next, pick a country to study. This may sound like a lot of work, but I'm getting, I'm telling you to try this at the low-hanging fruit level, and you'll be amazed at what happens. For example, my daughter and I decided to look at ancient Egypt. I picked it, and I picked it because I knew that around our house there were enough things that we could use to, without stressing myself out, learn a bit about ancient Egypt. Again, I'm not trying to make my daughter an expert on anything, but I thought here's something we can do in a continuous way that doesn't start and end with a worksheet. So what did I do? Found some great videos on YouTube and had her watch those. I also had her look around my jewelry box. I had her play dress up. You know, after she saw the videos and learned a little bit on her own, I found a ring in my jewelry box with Nefertiti on it. She, on her own, decided to make herself some outfits that looked like some of the um, kings and queens that she saw in some of the videos. We watched Night of the Museum 2, which had a very strong theme of ancient Egypt. And from watching that movie, she picked up some of the things that she had actually learned in some of the videos that we had watched. She was putting the pieces together. So over like a four-week period, We've just been talking about ancient Egypt. And when things pop up, she is putting two and two together. All I've done is kind of given her some of the, again, a couple of YouTube videos, a couple of worksheets that I found online, things that are in our house already. We drew pictures of pyramids. Also, we looked at maps. I found some maps in our encyclopedias. Yes, melting pot community. I still have encyclopedias in my house, but um, also found an old National Geographic magazine with a great world map. All of that, just looking around our house and how we can create this continuous conversation about Egypt. I don't try to teach her the whole world. I'm not trying to move on to another country every week. Mm -mm. We're just talking about Egypt. We picked Egypt and we keep bringing it up and we keep talking about it. And it's amazing how my daughter, who is eight, is just finding these connections and other things because we just keep talking about the same country. So again, pick a country and figure out any way little things, just things that you already have. Maybe you have a movie. Maybe you have a picture of it. Maybe you have some art. Maybe you have some jewelry. Maybe you have some clothing already in your house from that country. It doesn't have to be big. It doesn't have to be massive. That doesn't have to be a major lesson around it. It can be tiny and small, but you'd be amazed at what happens when you just keep talking about one country and seeing the connections that your kids are making. Finally, the most colorful idea I have is to make a rainbow. All over the world, children are making rainbows and putting them in their windows as symbols of hope during this coronavirus lockdown. It's an opportunity for global bonding, if you will, as children all over the United States, the United Kingdom, Italy, Canada, 
those are some of the countries that I know for sure are participating in this rainbow. I'm calling it a rainbow challenge. It's not really a challenge. It's an opportunity for children to, again, to draw a rainbow and they can make that rainbow however they want and they can make as many as they want and then put those rainbows in the window for passerbys to see a sign of hope. It's also for other children when they're walking around, they can go rainbow hunting and look for and count as many rainbows as they could find. My daughter came home yesterday from her daily walk and said she had counted 14 rainbows in our neighborhood, which made me ecstatic because just two weeks ago, we only found four. There's um, different websites and social media accounts that are actually tracking rainbows all over the world. So you can also show your children that there are kids in Italy and there are kids in the UK and there are kids in Canada who are making rainbows as well. And I think we don't want to frighten our children. We don't want to focus on fear, but we can certainly focus on the fact that there are children just like them in other countries who speak different language, who are still speaking the same language of hope with their rainbows and let your children feel those connections. So Welting Pot community, those are my ideas. And I hope that they have given you some food for thought. Maybe you're doing some of these things already. I'm going to recap, learn a new language, Make cooking a multicultural experience, buy a book, subscribe for some monthly multicultural fun, tune into podcasts, pick a country to study, and make a rainbow. I hope, again, that these ideas don't overwhelm you. I hope they don't you know, make you feel like you have to be doing more. I really just wanted to give you some ideas about what we're doing that maybe pick one, pick two, pick none. Maybe there's just one little nugget in here that makes you think, oh yeah, we should try that. If you have other ideas that you guys are doing in your household, let me know about them. I'd love to hear. So send me a message on myamericanmeltingpot.com or send me a message on Instagram or our Facebook page. Again, because the whole community can benefit if you have even more ideas to bring the melting pot into your home. Thank you for listening, Melting Pot community. If you found this episode useful, inspiring, helpful, or just fun to listen to, please leave me a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you are not so inclined to leave a rating or review, just tell somebody. Tell somebody about the show. I think now more than ever, when people have a little extra time on their hands, they'd appreciate knowing about a new podcast that they might enjoy. Thank you. The My American Melting Pot podcast is normally recorded at WRTI Studios in Philadelphia, but due to the coronavirus, it's being recorded in my basement. The show is produced by me, Lori L. Tharps. Our editor and technical director is Brad Linder. Our theme music was composed by Sumi Tanoka. Thank you again for listening, Melting Pot community, and always remember to live your life in color. And today, I'm going to also remind you Be good to yourselves and stay healthy. Be well, Melting Pot community. Be well.